0: Hey drunk mythology friends. I'm Kate. And I'm Other Jen. And I'm Kim. And
1: we're the Drunk? Drunk Dracula drunk Gals. Dracula gals. Dracula gals. Ah uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah. This I
2: I could've I was like, oh, do I jump in fast? Do I take it slow? What's Mm -hmm. Kim gonna do? (laughs) No one knows. You're you're having a Harker moment. I am
0: (laughs) Kim doesn't even know what Kim's gonna do.
1: (laughs) You know, at any given moment that is absolutely true.
0: But you know what we're gonna do? Chapter 24 of From Strokers Dracula. Yes. Yeah. And it's drunk Dracula Gal's month. And guys. I went to a live podcast show for another podcast I listened to.
1: You're cheating on us with another podcast. I, really? I, I
0: am. I went, Ugh, I am. But you know how what? Rude. I met a woman there who is a law student. Okay. And she was taking copyright law. Oh no. <gasps> you make this up. <laughs> I did not make this up. Oh my God. Is she like gonna come on the show? <laughs> uh no, but I did mention we were doing Dracula and she's And I said, you know, we made sure that was public domain. And she's like, yeah, that one's public domain. Other things get complicated. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I can only imagine copyright law is complicated. And she gives me this look of like (laughs) pure suffering. And she's like, yes, it's very complicated. So shout out to Roxy.
1: Hi, Roxy. Hi, Roxy. We
2: want you to come on our show and tell us. (laughs) <laughs> Tell us all the, the boring,
0: dry details. We want you to harker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what's going to happen. But anyway, here we go. Back to Damn. England.: Yay.: <laughs> we're, we're coming to the like close end of these recaps, like only wow. a few of them left. What are you going to yeah. do with
1: yourself when we're done here?
0: I therapy. Right.
1: There. <laughs> <Fair. laughs>
0: Uh, So here we go. It's the recap for chapter 23. Color me shocked that the world's stupidest burglars actually managed to break into Dracula's Piccadilly house. And honestly, that just sounds so weird. Dracula in Piccadilly. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Mina, who is always 100% on the ball, sends them a telegram that warns them the count is probably on his way there. We get a whole bunch of suspense and then a whole bunch of failure as Dracula busts out some kung fu moves that have Bruce Lee smiling down from heaven. He escapes. Surprise! And the guys are like, "Oops, it's getting late. We should probably get back to Mina. Who has been left alone all day? Have we learned nothing? But it's okay in the end because she actually comes up with the first useful suggestion in 100 plus pages. Van Helsing hypnotizes her, except that's not actually how hypnosis works. And I should know because my dad was a psychologist and talked about that stuff all the time. But whatever. Nothing matters anymore because while we're done with the boxes, we're now moving on to travel itineraries. Oh, excellent news. Anyway, carry on. Are we done with the boxes? There's oh, only no, I thought sh- there was one missing. There's only one box left, so we're no longer trying to find all, like, 49 other boxes. Okay, well, that's something. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> or not. So here we go. <clears throat> Dr. Seward's Phonograph Diary, spoken by Van Helsink. This to Jonathan Harker. You are to stay with your dear Madame Mina. Drink. Drink. We shall go make our search, if I can call it so, for it is not search, but knowing, and we seek confirmation only. But do you stay and take care of her today? This is your best and most holiest office. This day, nothing can find him here. Let me tell you that so you will know what what we four already know, for I have For I have told them, he, our enemy, have gone away. Bye-bye. He have gone back to his (laughs) castle in Transylvania. I know it so well as if a great hand of fire wrought it on the wall. Or maybe two by four of obviousness. Uh, He have prepared for this in some way. And that last earth box was ready to ship (laughs) somewhere. For this he took the money. For this he hurry at the last, lest we catch him before the sun go down. It was his last hope, save that he might hide in the tomb, that he think poor Miss Lucy, being as he thought, like him, keep open to him. But there was not of time. When that fell he might make straight for his last resource, his last earth work, I might say, did I wish double entendre. He is clever, also clever. He knows that his game here was finished and so he decided to go back home. He find ship was going by route. He came and he go on it. Duh. We go <laughs> off now to find what ship and wizard bound. And when we have discovered that, we come back and we tell you all. Then we will comfort you and poor Madam Mina, poor Drink. dear Madame Mina. <laughs> <laughs> With new hope, for it will be hope when you think it over that all is not lost. This very creature that we pursue, we take hundreds of years to get so far as London, and yet in one day, when we know of the disposal of him, we drive him out. Ha! <laughs> he is finite, though so he is powerful to do much harm and suffers not as we do. But we are strong, each in our purpose, and we are all more strong together. Take out a fresh deer. Husband of Madame Mina, does that even count for drinking? Does that count? That's the husband. Yeah, well, husband sure, says, Madame Mina. He's still sure. saying Madame Mina. So yeah, drink. yeah. Okay, let's let's count it. This battle <laughs> is but begun, and in the end we shall win. So sure as that God sits on high to watch over His children, therefore be of much comfort till we return. Van Helsing, why is he speaking into
2: the the phonograph? I. And Do you question a... his
0: ways? Do you question
2: I... the mysterious ways in which he moves? Fine. <laughs> All right. Jonathan Harker's journal, written by himself on his own journal, not anybody <laughs> else's journal, his own. <laughs> Four October. When I read Tamina Van Helsing's message in the phonograph, the poor girl brightened up considerably. Already, the certainty that the Count is out of the country has given her comfort, and comfort is strength to her. For my own part, now that his horrible danger is not face-to-face with us, it seems almost impossible to believe in it. Even my own terrible experiences in Castle Dracula seem like a long-forgotten dream. Here, in the crisp autumn air, in the bright sunlight— Alas, how can I disbelieve? In the midst of my thought, my eye fell on the red scar of my, on my poor darling's white forehead. Whilst that lasts, there can be no disbelief, and afterwards the very memory of it will keep faith crystal clear. Mina and I fear to be idle, so we have been over all the diaries again, And again, somehow, although the reality seems greater each time, the pain and the fear seem less. There is something of a guiding purpose manifest throughout, which is comforting. Mina says that perhaps we are the instruments of ultimate good. It may be. I shall try to think as she does. We have never spoken to each other yet of the future. It is better to wait till we see the professor and the others after their investigations." The day is running by more quickly than I ever thought a day could run for me again.
1: It is now three o'clock. And now the news. Um
0: Nina <laughs> Hawker report
1: <laughs> Traffic and weather together on the eighth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> five October, five PM, all meeting for report. Pre- present Professor Van Helsing, Lord Gidalming, Dr. Seward, Mr. Quincy Morris, Jonathan Harga, Mina Hawker. Dr. Van Helsing described what steps were taken during the day to discover on what boat and whither bound Count Dracula
0: made his escape. God, I hate this. Okay. <clears throat> As I knew he wanted to get back to Transylvania, I felt sure that he must go by the Danube mouth or by somewhere in the Black Sea, since by that way he came. It was a dreary blank that was before us. Omne ignotum pro magnifico. In case nobody understands that, it is everything unknown for the great. Ha <laughs>
2: ha! Thank you. Allegedly,
0: yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I so- used
2: Google Translate on that, so take it with a grain of salt. <laughs>
0: And so, with the heavy hearts, we stopped to find what ships leave for Black Sea last night. He was in, <clears throat> in sailing ships since Madame Mina of, of Sails set. this is not so important eh, as to go in your list of the shipping and the times, and so we go by suggestion of Lord Godalming to your Lloyds of London, where are note of all ships at sail, however so small. There we find that only one Black Sea-bound ship go out with the tide. She is the Tsarina Katarina, and she sailed from Doolittle's Wharf for Varna, <laughs> 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 and thence on to other parts and up the Danube. So, said I, this is the ship we're on. Is the count. So off we go to Tulitus Wharf, and there we find a man in an office of wood, so small that the man looked bigger than the office. <laughs> I love my little details. From him we inquire the goings of the Tsarina Katrina. He swears much in his red face and louder voice, but he good fellow all the same. And when Quincy give him something from his pocket which crackle as he roll it up. He gave him a dupe? (laughs) (laughs) Texas char. (laughs) (laughs) And putting it so small a bag which he have hidden deep in his clothing, he's still better fellow and humble servant to us. He come with us and ask many men who are rough and hot. These be rough and hot. (laughs) Okay. Better fellows, too, when they have been no more thirsty. i I can't. So they gave them drinks? Yeah. They gave them money and booze. Okay. Yeah. As usual. So we're, we're staying on brand. Yeah. <laughs> they say much of blood and bloom and of others, which I comprehend not. So I guess what they mean. But nevertheless, they tell us all the things which we want to know. They make known to among us among them, our last afternoon at about five o'clock comes a man so hairy, a tall man, thin and pale, with a high nose and the teeth so white, and the eyes that seem to be burning, that he be all in black, except that he have a hat of straw, which did not suit him at the time. Then yeah. he's. <laughs> what? what? Yeah, I... <laughs> okay. Then he scattered his money and making quick inquiry as to what ship sails for the Black Sea and for where. Some took him to the office and then to the ship where he will not go aboard but out at shore at end of gangplank and ask the captain come to him. The captain come when told that he will pay, pay well and though he swear much at the first he agreed to term. Then the thin man go and tell some... and. Someone tell him where horse and cart can be hired. He go there, and soon he come again, himself, driving cart, on which a great box. This is... (sighs) Found the box. This is the box, baby. This he himself lift down, though it takes several to put it on the truck for the ship. Way to be subtle, dude. Right? right? (laughs) He can much talk to Captain as to how and where his box is to be placed, but the Captain like it not and swear at him in many tongues and tell him that if he like, he can... Come and see where it shall be. But he say, no, that he come not yet, for he have much to do. Whereupon the captain tell him that he had better be quick with blood, for that his ship would leave the place of blood before turning of the tide with blood.
1: What What is with the blood blood comments? Bloody
0: oh okay it's yeah and bloody is basically one of the worst swear words you could say at that time and so it's kind of making fun of van helsing at this point oh okay Okay. it's like somebody you know broken english broken english and someone saying ends a fuck but not understanding that like what fuck actually would mean you know what i mean okay so, <clears throat> then the sin man smile and say that of course, he must go when he think fit, but he will be surprised if he go quite so soon. The captain swear again, polyglot, and the sin man make him bow and thank him, and say he will go uh, far so far intrude on his kindness as to come aboard before the sailing. Finally, the captain, more red than ever, and in more tongues, tell him that he doesn't want no Frenchmen with bloom upon them and also with blood in his ship with blood on her also. And so after asking where they might be close at hand, a ship which he might purchase ship forms, he departed.
2: I'm like trying to translate this. He doesn't want no blooming bloody Frenchman on his sh- yeah. bloody I think you got ship.
1: It. I think you got it. Okay.
0: <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, <clears throat> No one knew where he went, or bloomin' well cared, as they said, for they had something else to think of, well, with blood again, for it soon became apparent to all that the Tarina Catherine would not sail as was expected. A thin mist began to creep up from the river, and it grew and grew, it's true, <laughs> till soon a dense fog enveloped the ship, and all around her, the captain swore, polyglot, very polyglot, polyglot with the bloomin' blood, but he could do nothing. The water rose and rose, and he began to fear he would lose the tide altogether. He was in no friendly mood when, just at full tide, the thin man came up the gangplank again and asked to see where his box had been stowed. Then the captain replied that he wished that he and his box, old and with much bloom and blood, were in hell. But the thin (laughs) man did not be offended and went down with the mate and saw where it was placed and came up and stood a while on deck in fog. He must have come off by himself or none noticed him indeed they thought not of him for soon fog began to melt away and all was clear again. My friends of the thirst and the language that was of bloom and blood laughed, and they told us, and they told how the captain's swears exceeded even his usual polyglot, and was more than ever full of picturesque when, on questioning other mariners who were on movement up and down on the river at that hour, he found that a few of them had seen. Any fog at all, except where it lay around the wharf. However, the ship went out on the ebb tide and was doubtless by morning far down the river mouth. She was by then when they told us well out to sea. And so, my my dear Madame Mina. Drink! It is that we have to rest for a time for our enemy is on the sea with the fog at his command and on his way to the Danube mouth. To sail a ship takes time, she never so quick, and when we start we go on land more quick and we meet him there. Ha <laughs> ha! Our best hope is to come to him when he is in the box between sunrise and sunset, for then he can make no struggle and we may deal with him as we should. There are days for us in which we can make ready our plan because that always works so well when we do that. <laughs> we know all about where he go, for we have seen the owner of the ship, who have shown us invoices and all papers that can be. The box we seek is to be landed in Varna and to be given to an agent, one Riestich, who will be present, who will there present his credentials. And so our merchant friend will have done his part, where he asks if there be any wrong for that, so he can telegraph and have inquiry made at Varna. We say no. For what is to be done is not for police or for the customs. It must be done by us alone and in our own way. When Dr. Van Helsing
1: had done speaking, I asked him if he was certain that the count had remained on board the ship.
0: He replied, We have the best proof of that. Your own evidence when in the hypnotic trance this morning.
1: I asked him again if it were really necessary that they should pursue the count, for, oh, I dread Jonathan leaving me, and I knew he would surely go if the others went. He answered in growing passion, at first quietly. As he went on and on and on, however, (laughs) he grew more angry and more forceful, till in the end we could not but see wherein he was at last of some that personal dominance which made him so long a master among men. Yes. Oh, boy.
0: It is necessary. (laughs) Necessary necessary for your sake for your sake in the first and then for the sake of humanity this monster has done much harm already in the narrow scope where he find himself and in the short time when he was not uh, when as yet he was only as a body groping for the so small measure in darkness and not knowing all this i have told the others and you my dear madame mina drink we learn it before. We'll learn it in the phonograph of my friend Jean or in that of your husband. I have told them how the measure of leaving his own barren land, barren of people and coming to new land where well, life of man teems till they are like the multitude of standing corn was a work of centuries." Were another of the undead like him to try and do what he has done, perhaps not all the centuries of the world that have been or will be could aid him. With this one, all the forces of nature that are occult and deep and strong must have worked together in some wondrous way. The very place where he have been alive, undead for all these centuries, is full of strangeness of the geologic and chemical world. There are deep caverns in fissures that... Uh, reach none know whither. There have been volcanoes, some of whose openings still send out the waters of strange properties and gases that kill or make it to vivify. Doubtless there is something magnetic or electric in some of these combinations. I read it on Facebook. Of <laughs> occult uh, <were called> forces, <laughs> which force physical life in strange way and in himself were, for, uh, were from the first some great qualities. In a hard and warlike time, he will celebrate that he have more iron nerve, more subtle brain, more braver heart than any man. In him, some vital principle have in some strange way found their utmost. And as his body keep going strong and grow and thrive, so his brain grow too. All this without that, that diabolic aid, which is surely to him, for it have to yield to the powers that come from and are symbolic of good. For And now, this is what he is to us. He have infected you. Oh, forgive me, my dear, that I must say such, but it is for good of you that I speak. He infect you in such wise that even if he do no more, you have only to live, to live in your own old sweet way and in so in time in death, which is of man's common lot and with God's sanction, shall make you like to him. Yeah, tough luck. This right. must not be. We have sworn together that it must not Thus, we are ministers of God's own wishes, that the world and uh, men for whom his son died will not be given over to the monsters whose very existence would defame him. He has allowed us to redeem one soul already, and we go out as the old knights of the cross to redeem more. Like them, we shall travel towards the sunrise, and like them, if we fall, we fall in good cause. He paused,
1: and I said... (laughs) But will not the Count take his rebuff wisely? Since he has been driven from England, will he not avoid it as a tiger does the village from
0: which he has been hunted? Ah, your simile of tiger is good for me, and I shall adopt him. Your man-eater, as they of India call the tiger who has once tasted of human, care no more for the other prey, but prowl unceasing till he get him. That's actually not true. This that we hunt from our village is a tiger too, a man-eater, and he never, man-eater, and he never (laughs) cease to prowl. Nay, in himself, he is not one to retire and stay afar. In his life, in his living life, he go over to the Turkey frontier and attack his enemy on his own ground. He He be beaten back, but did he stay? No, he come again, and again, and again, Look at his persistence and his endurance. With the child brain that was to him, he have long since conceived the idea of coming to a great city. What does he do? He find out the place of all the world of most promise for him. Then he deliberately set himself down to prepare for the task. He find in patience just how is his strength and what are his powers. His study he study new tongues, he learn new social life, new environment of old ways, the politics, the laws, the finance, the science, and even the habit of a new land and new people who have come to be since he was. His glimpse that he have had yet that he have had, wet his appetite only, and in keen his desire. Nay, it helped him to grow as to his brain, for it all proved to him how right he was in the first in his surmises. He have done this all alone, all alone, from a ruined tomb in a forgotten land. What more may he not do when the greater world of thought is open to him? He that can smile at that as we know him, who can flourish in the midst of diseases that kill off whole peoples. Oh, if such a one was to come from God, not the devil, what a force for good he might have been in this old world of ours. But we are pledged to set the world free. Our toil must be in silence. If only. And our, <laughs> and
1: that our, ship has sailed. Right. Much efforts, like the Tsarina Katharina. Yes.
0: And our efforts are in secret. For in this enlightened age, when men believe not even what they see, the doubting of wise men would be his greatest strength. It would be at once his sheet and his armor, his weapons to destroy us, his enemies who are willing to peril even our own souls for the safety of the one we love, for the good of mankind and for the honor and glory of God.
1: After a general discussion, it was determined that for tonight, nothing be definitely settled, that we should all sleep on the facts and try to think out the proper conclusions. Tomorrow at breakfast, we're to meet again, and after making our conclusions known to one another, we'll decide on some definite cause of action. I feel a wonderful peace and rest tonight, It is as if if some haunting presence were removed from me, perhaps. My surmise was not finished, could not be, for I caught sight in the mirror of the red mark upon my forehead, and I knew that I was still unclean. Aww. Aww. Dr.
2: Seward's Diary, 5 October. We all rose early, and I think that sleep did much for each and all of us. When we met at early breakfast, there was more general cheerfulness than any of us had ever expected to experience again. It is really wonderful how much resilience there is in human nature. Let any obstructing cause, no matter what, be removed in any way, even by death, and we fly back to first principles of hope, and enjoyment. More than once, as we sat around the table, my eyes opened in wonder whether the whole of the past days had not been a dream. It was only when I caught sight of the red blotch on Mrs. Harker's forehead that I was brought back to reality. Much like her. (laughs) Even now, when I am gravely revolving the matter, it is almost impossible to realize that the cause of all our trouble is still existent. Even Mrs. Harker seems to lose sight of her trouble for whole spells. It is only now and again when something recalls it to her mind that she thinks of her terrible scar.
1: And their best friend who died like less than a month ago. Right? Like two weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah. We are to meet here in my study
2: in half an hour and decide on our course of action. I see only one immediate difficulty. I know it by instinct rather than reason. We shall all have to speak frankly. And yet I fear that in some mysterious way, poor Mrs. Harker's tongue is tied. I know that she forms conclusions of her own. And from all that has been, I can guess how brilliant and how true they must be. But she will not or cannot give them utterance. I have mentioned this to Van Helsing, and he and I are to talk it over when we are alone, because that's been the smart way to go. (laughs) <laughs> I suppose is, it, is uh, I suppose it is some of that horrid poison which has got into her veins, beginning to work. The count had his own purposes when he gave her what Van Helsing called the vampire's baptism of blood. Well, there may be a poison that distills itself out of good things. In an age when the existence of tome Tomes, don't that word. It's a poison. It's a chemical poison. Okay. Is a mystery. We should not wonder at anything. One thing I know that if my instinct be true regarding poor Mrs. Harker's silences, then there is a terrible difficulty an unknown danger in the work before us. The same power that compels her silence may compel her speech. I dare not think further for so I should in my thoughts dishonor a noble woman. Oh yeah. Let's not consider all the possibilities. Let's just consider a few. Van Helsing is coming to my study a little before the others. I shall try to open the subject with him.
0: Oh, good mm-hmm. good move, Seward.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Later. When the professor came in, we talked over the state of things. I could see that he had something on his mind which he wanted to say, but felt some hesitancy about broaching the subject. After beating about the bush a little, he said
0: suddenly... Friend John, there is uh, something that you and I must talk of alone, eh?" Huh? Just at first, at any rate. Later, we may have to take the others into our confidence.
2: Then he stopped, so I waited. But then he went on.
0: <laughs> Nothing <laughs> can stop me. <laughs> Madamina, our poor dear Madamina, drink. drink! Is changing.
2: A cold shiver ran through me to find my worst fears thus
0: endorsed. Van Helsing continued. With the sad experience of Miss Lucy, we must this time be warned before things go too far. Our task now is now in reality more difficult than ever. And this new trouble makes every hour of the direst importance, which is why I like to stand here talking. <laughs> I can see the characteristics of the vampire coming in her face. It is now but very, very slight. But it is to be seen if we have the eyes to notice to, without to prejudge. Her teeth are somewhat sharper, and at times her eyes are more hard. But these are not all. There is to her now the silence, now often, as so it was with Miss Lucy. She did not speak even when she wrote that which she wished to be known later. Now my fear is this. If it can, if it be that she can, by our hypnotic trance, tell what's account see and hear. Is it not more true that he who have hypnotized her first, and who have drink of her very blood, and make her drink of his, should, if he will, compel her mind to disclose to him that which she know? I nodded acquiescence. He went on. Then, what we must do is to prevent this. We must keep her ignorant of our intent. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> he's Seriously says it. Oh, my God. And so she cannot tell what she know not. This is a painful task. Oh, so painful that it is heartbreak to me to think of. But it must be. (laughs) When we speak, when today we meet, I must tell her that for reason, which we will not to speak to her. She must not more be of our counsel and will be simply guarded by us. He wiped his forehead, which had broken out in profuse perspiration at the thought of the
2: pain which he might have to inflict upon the poor soul already so tortured. I knew that it would be some sort of comfort to him if I told him that I also had come to the same conclusion, for at any rate it would take away the pain of doubt. I told him, and the effect was as I expected. It is now close to the time of our general gathering. Van Helsing has gone away to prepare for the meeting and his painful part of it. I really believe his purpose is to be able to pray alone. Later. (laughs) At the very outset of our meeting, a great personal relief was experienced by both Van Helsing and myself. Mrs. Harker had sent a message by her husband to say that she would not join us at present, as she thought it better that we should be free to discuss our movements without her presence to embarrass us. Why would that be embarrassing?
0: The professor and I because looked at she'd each- probably be like, "You guys are idiots."
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: there we go. You might there have,
2: yeah, you might have something there. The professor and I looked at each other for an instant, and somehow we both seemed relieved. For my own part, I thought that if Mrs. Harker realized the danger herself, it was much pain as well as much danger averted. Under the circumstances, we agreed, by a questioning look and answer with finger on lip to preserve silence in our suspicions until we should have been able to confer alone again. We went at once into our plan of campaign. Van Helsing roughly put the facts before us first.
0: The Tarina Catherine left the Thames yesterday. It will take her, at the quickest speed she has ever made, at least three weeks to reach Varna. But we can travel overland to the same place in three days. Now, if we allow for two days less of the ship's voyage, owing to such weather influences as we know that the Count can bring to bear, and if we allow a whole day and night for any delays which may occur to us, then we have a margin of nearly two weeks! Ah! Thus, in order to be quite safe, we must leave here on the 17th at the latest. We shall at any rate be in Varna by a day before the ship arrives, and able to make such preparations as may be necessary. Of course, we shall go armed, armed against evil things, spiritual as well as physical. Here, Quincy Morris added... Well, I understand that the Count comes from wolf country, and it may be he shall get there before us. I propose we add Winchesters to our armament. I have a kind of belief in a Winchester when there's any trouble of any sort around. Do you remember, Art, when we had that pack after us at Tobolsk? It would, What we wouldn't have given for a repeater apiece. Van Helsing agreed. Good! Winchester, it shall be, Quincy's head is level at all the times, but most so when there is to hunt, metaphor, be more dishonor to science than wolves, be of danger to man. In the meantime, we can do nothing here, and as I think Varna is not familiar to any of us, why not go there more soon? It is as long to wait there as it is here. Tonight and tomorrow we can get ready, and then, if all be well, we four can set out on our journey. Harker questioned the number of four, looking from one to another of us. Of course, you must remain here to take a, to take care of your so sweet wife.
2: Harker was silent for a while and then said in a hollow voice, I've messed up our notes here. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. Let us talk of that part of it in the morning. I want to consult with Mina. I thought that now was the time for Van Helsing to warn him not to disclose our plans to her, but he took no notice. I looked at him significantly and coughed. <coughs> <coughs> for answer, he put I his finger For answer, he put his finger on his lips and turned away. All right. Jonathan Harker's journal. 5 October, afternoon. For some time after our meeting this morning, I could not think. The new phases of things leave my mind in a state of wonder, which allows no room for active thought. Mina's determination not to take any part in the discussion set me thinking. And as I could not argue the matter with her, I could only guess. I am as far as ever from a solution now. The way the others received it two puzzled me. The last time we talked of the subject, we agreed that there was to be no more concealment of anything amongst us. Mina is sleeping now, calmly and sweetly like a little child. Her lips are curved and her face beams with happiness. Thank God there are such moments still for her. Later. How strange it all is! I sat watching Mina's happy sleep and came as near to being happy myself as I suppose I shall ever be. As the evening drew on and the earth took its shadows from the sun sinking lower, the silence of the room grew more and more solemn to me. All at once, Mina opened her eyes and, looking at me tenderly, said—
1: Jonathan, I want you to promise me something on your word of honor. A promise made to me, but made holy in God's hearing, and not to be broken through, I should go down on my knees and implore you with bitter tears. Quick, you must make it to me at once.
2: Mina, I said, a promise like that I cannot make at once. I may have no right to make it. She responded with such spiritual intensity that her eyes were like pole stars.
1: "'But, dear one, it is I who wish it, and it is not for myself. You can ask Dr. Van Helsing if I'm not right. If it's he disagrees, you may do as you will. Nay, more, if you all agree later, you are absolved from the promise.' "'I promise,' I said. And for a moment she looked
2: supremely happy, though to me all happiness for her was denied by the red scar on her forehead.' She said,
1: Promise me that you will not tell me anything of the plans formed for the campaign against the Count, not by word or inference or implication, not at any time, while this remains to me. And she solemnly pointed
2: to the scar. I saw that she was in earnest and said solemnly, I promise, and as I said it, I felt that from that instant a door had been shut between us. Later again. More later. (laughs) Later, later. (laughs) Later that same day. (laughs) Mina has been bright and cheerful all the evening, so much so that all the rest seemed to take courage as if infected somewhat with her gaiety. As a result, even I myself felt as if the pall of gloom which weighs us down were somewhat lifted. We all retired early. Mina is now sleeping like a little child. We're it is calling
1: her that, <laughs> right? <This is> so <laughs> creepy.
2: What? We're not going to king shame. Uh, it is a wonderful thing that her faculty of sleep remains to her in the midst of her terrible trouble. Thank God for it. For then at least she can forget her care. Perhaps her example may affect me as her gaiety did tonight. I shall try it. Oh, for a dreamless sleep. October. <laughs> Thank you. Vodka. Yeah. October 6th morning. Another surprise. Mina woke me early about the same time as yesterday and asked me to bring Dr. Van Helsing. I thought that it was another occasion for hypnotism and, without question, went for the professor. He had evidently expected some such call, for I found him dressed in his room. His door was ajar so that he could hear the opening of the door of our room. He came at once. As he passed into the room, he asked Mina if the others might come too. She said quite simply,
1: No, it will not be necessary. You can tell them just as well. I must go with you on your journey. Dr. Van Helsing was as startled as I was. (gasps) After a moment's (laughs) pause, he asked, But why? You must take me with you. I'm safer with you, and you shall be safer too.
0: But why, dear Madame Mina? Drink. Drink. You know that your safety is our solemnest duty. We go into danger to which you are, or may be more liable than any of us from, from circumstances, things that have been, huh? He paused, embarrassed. As she replied, she raised her
2: finger and pointed to her forehead. I
1: know, that is
2: why I must go.
1: (laughs) I can tell you now, whilst the sun is coming up, I may not be able again. I know that when the Count wills me, I must go. I know that if he tells me to come in secret, I must come by while, by any device to hoodwink, even Jonathan. God saw the look
2: that she turned on me as she spoke, and if there be indeed a recording angel, that look is noted to her everlasting honor. Whatever the hell that means. I could only clasp her hand. I could not speak. My emotion was too great for even the relief of tears.
0: Gosh, these guys are so emotional. Are we sure they can handle this? There is (laughs) a she.
1: She went on. You men are brave and strong, you're strong in your numbers, for you can defy that which would break down the human endurance of one who had to God alone. Beside, I may be of service, since you can hypnotize me, and so learn that which even myself I do not know. Dr. Van Helsing
0: said very gravely, "Ah, Madame Mina, you are, as always, most wise. You shall with us come, and together we shall do that which we go forth to achieve. When he had spoken, Mina's long spell of silence made me look
2: at her. She had fallen back on her pillow asleep. She did not even wake when I had pulled up the blind and let in the sunlight which flooded the room. Van Helsing motioned to me to come with him quietly. We went to his room, and within a minute, Lord Godalming, Dr. Seward, and Mr. Morris were with us also. He told them what Mina had said and
0: went on. In the morning, we shall leave for Varna. We have now to deal with a new factor, Madame Mina. Oh, but her soul is so true. It is to her an agony to tell us so much as she has done. But it is most right, and we are wound in time. There must be no chance lost, and in Varna we must be ready to act the instant when that ship arrives. What shall we do exactly? We shall find the the first... We shall at the first board the ship. Then we, when we have identified that box, we shall place the branch of the wild rose on it. This we shall fasten for when there is none can emerge. So say at least the superstition. And superstition we must trust at the first. It was man's faith and in the early and it did have its root in faith still. Then when we get the opportunity that we seek, when none are near to see, we shall open the box and eh, and all will be well. the end the end yeah i shan't wait for any opportunity when i see the box i shall open it and destroy the monster though there were a thousand men looking on and if i'm to be wiped out for it the next moment here here i grasped his hand instinctively
2: and found it as firm as a piece of steel oh okay oh my
0: (laughs) (laughs) well then (laughs) code for something i think he understood my look i hope he did Good boy, brave boy. Quincy is all man, huh? Man is steel, huh? Wink, wink. (laughs) God bless him for it. My child, believe me, none of us shall have lag behind or pause from any fear. I do but say what we may do, what we must do. But indeed, we cannot say what we shall do, huh? There are so many things which may happen, and their ways and their ends are so various that until the moment we may not say, we shall all be armed in all ways, and when the time for the end has come, our effort shall not be lack. Now, let us today put all our affairs in order, let all things which touch on others dear to us, and who on us depend be complete for none of us can tell what or when or how the end may be. As for me, my own affairs are regulate and as I have nothing else to do, I shall go make arrangements for the travel. I have I shall have all the tickets and so forth for our journey. There was nothing further to be said. Are we sure about that?
2: (laughs) And we parted. I shall now settle up all my affairs of earth and be ready for whatever may come. Later. Again. It is all done. My wife, my wife, my will is made and all <laughs> complete. <laughs> Mina, if she survives, is my sole heir. If it should not be so, then the others who have been so good to us shall have remainder. It is now drawing towards the sunset. Mina's uneasiness calls my attention to it. I am sure that there is something on her mind which the time of exact sunset will reveal. These occasions are becoming harrowing times for us all, for each sunrise and sunset opens up some new danger, some new pain, which, however, may in God's will be means to a good end. I write all these things in the diary, since my darling must not hear them now. But if it may be that she can see them again, they shall be ready. She is calling to me.
1: And that moment, on the precipice of disaster, is where we stop for today. But isn't this whole book on the precipice
0: yes. of disaster? Uh, I, I think it's a special case because they trusted Van Helsing to go buy the tickets. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. The rest that's... of them are
1: off sharpening stakes, I guess.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I actually have uh, something I kind of wanted that struck me, and I wanted to point yeah. out. Like ever since um, Mina was attacked by the Count, yeah. suddenly, like the book took a serious turn into religious talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Like, yeah.
1: like, they weren't concerned about Lucy's immortal soul to the nearly to the extent of their talking about Mina's.
0: Exactly. Like, I mean, yeah. the, everything is like, if God wills and God and this and that. And mm-hmm. it's just like, uh, you know, it, it's almost like they have to excuse the sensuality of that, like, mm. scene. Yeah. Okay. With right. religion. Yeah. Anyway,
2: nobody cares about the poor Southern Baptist mean girl.
1: I I remember her. She was my dearest friend.
0: We walked around the harbor all the time. Yablins! (laughs) Yablons.
1: All right. What's coming from the next chapter?
0: So Van Helsing treats Mina like a shortwave radio. Dr. Seward pouts about using pens. And Mina herself is still the only one with an actual clue. Fantastic. Yeah.
1: Okay, Okay. I've Accurate. got, like, I've, I've got uh, hot, hot towels to wrap around my throat so I can get through the next chapter. <laughs> Don't forget to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Drunk Mythology Gals.
2: That's right. The month of October, we have the $1 Drunk Dracula Gals tier. I can spit all that out. You get these <laughs> Dracula episodes as soon as they're done producing, and you also get a bunch of other
0: Lit Crit Hour episodes. That's right. And thanks again for joining us. Please subscribe, leave a rating, a review and tell your friends and family about us, especially if you're like, you know, I once considered a career as a travel agent, but then I (laughs) decided, no, I'm going to go into real estate. No shipping logistics. (laughs) Finally, always remember, if the undead can behave badly, then so can you.